welcome back to another episode of Songwriting Saves the World. Hey guys, if you are currently listening on SoundCloud or iTunes, oh, why did I say SoundCloud first? On Spotify or iTunes, no one listens on SoundCloud. <laughs> if you're listening on Spotify or iTunes or pretty much anywhere, like and download the episode and follow us on there and on Apple Podcasts slash iTunes, you can leave a five-star rating and a review if you want to do that. That's really fun and cool. That would be so nice. Yeah. Make sure to keep up with us. <laughs> Make sure to keep up with us on social media. You can follow us on Instagram at Songwriting Saves the yeah. World. We post every week. We post lots of things. Yep. We're very active on there. Mm-hmm. So go ahead and follow that account <laughs> and, you know, send us a message, like, comment, all yeah. that fun stuff. You can also follow us on Facebook by liking the page and on Twitter as well. Our Twitter is Song Saves World. Yeah, perfect. Um, and if you want to support us on Patreon, we're at Sovereign Saves the World on Patreon, and there's lots of cool extra content on there. You get a sticker, you get song breakdowns. Um, we're also doing full episodes on there, and it's pretty cool. And like interacting, well, you can send us your music, whatever you want to do, really. So go check that out. Fun stuff. And without delaying this any further, we have an interview with Ava Tooncliffe today the coolest a publicist she has so much like good knowledge i don't know how to say that but like she's just very smart and she has done a lot yeah and she's like the queen of hustle the queen of getting that bread all of it very informational yeah lots of helpful things that you can use in your careers yeah so let's jump into that right now Well, welcome back to another episode of Songwriting Saves the World. We have a really, really special guest today, Ava Tunicliffe. We have a little bio for you so that everybody knows the extraordinary person (laughs) you are. Ava is the New York-based founder of Tallulah PR Management. She's worked in marketing for some really cool people, Drake, Julia Michaels, The Weeknd, and we're super excited to have her on the show to share her wisdom with us today. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. We have a little icebreaker intro game, which is usually called mm-hmm. Right to Our Tank, sure which do. is like the musical version of F. Mary Kill, but we tweaked it a little bit. So it's market, manage, and tank. Okay. And so yeah. your three options are Taylor Swift, Dua Lipa, and Overcoats. And you can manage one, market, uh, do marketing for one, and then one gets dumped in a water tank, but like a festival, yeah. fun carnival okay. game, festival no carnival feelings style thing. Okay. So manage would be overcoats because I actually know overcoats personally. Um, My best friend, Louise, who also works in music, went to camp Mm -hmm. with them. No way. (laughs) Yeah, so manage. I think that overcoats are awesome. I've seen them live a lot of times. Mm -hmm. I think they would be really fun to manage. Um, Market would be Dua Lipa. yeah. Just because I think she's... Her whole vibe yeah, is really awesome. Fun. Glittery and incredible, <laughs> and I love it. Yes, exactly. And I feel like there's a lot of really cool fashion stuff you could do with that. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, hell yeah. And then Tank is Taylor Swift because I'm not a Taylor Swift fan, even though I know a lot of people are. I'm really sorry. I know. I know. No, okay. I know. <laughs> it's been a whole discussion in, in my group chat. Like, <laughs> all my friends so are... You didn't listen to Evermore? I mean, I did, but just because, okay. like... Well, it's kind of unavoidable, but yeah. I mean, I 
I worked at Republic Records too. I mean, she signed there. <laughs> but I've just never been a big Taylor Swift fan. <laughs> yeah. Hot take. I I'm sorry. Take. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think that's fair. I think I'm a huge, like, I obviously love Taylor Swift, but I'm a huge Dua Lipa fan. Like, yeah. I am ride or die for Dua Lipa. And I totally agree that marketing for her would be so cool just because yeah. i love i kind of feel like not that this ever totally went away but they're kind of in the 2000s like like our time there was a a period in music where things kind of got more subdued like the music wasn't as like expressive mm-hmm. and like this there wasn't yeah. as much like costumes and like all these fancy things and and duo was kind of like no actually like this is a whole disco like situation like we're bringing yeah. all of the this new back. album is so well i guess it's not even new anymore but this year like time mm-hmm. hasn't yeah. existed but yeah <laughs> <laughs> like future nostalgia is so good it like gave yeah. me yeah. a small boost of serotonin <laughs> <laughs> same so can you start with giving us a background of your kind of musical business journey and how you got oh, to where you yeah. are now? I feel like it's very long, but yeah. So how I got into music, my God. So I grew up playing music, but I wasn't particularly mm-hmm. good at it. But I was always like involved and like listened uh-huh. to music from a young age. My dad works in music. My brother also works in music. So it was always something that was like a part of my life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, even in high school, like I only dated musicians. <laughs> my like long-term <laughs> boyfriend was a drummer in like a metal band. Love so that. yeah, I was always like very involved in music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I also really loved fashion and that was actually what I thought I was going to do. So my musical journey kind of started with fashion because I, so in college I studied English, which is also, I just love writing and reading. Uh Um, And I also think it's an incredibly, I know people like talk a lot of shit about English majors, but (laughs) um, I think it's a really useful major because when, Like, you need to know how to, like, write well. I mean, I use my English major every single day writing pitches and press releases. So, But, yeah, so I started out interning at magazines. And so my first internship was at Teen Vogue. um, And then I moved on to – I interned at Cosmo in the UK. I interned at Nylon. um, And, yeah, I – once I like when I was at these publications, like they would often like give us the opportunity to pitch uh-huh. um, for their websites. And, you know, at first, like I was pitching fashion stories, but I realized that like fashion wasn't actually that interesting. Like <laughs> I love I love clothes and like I love fashion shows mm-hmm. and I lo- still love all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But I was really drawn to writing about music and I just yeah. felt like it was a little bit more interesting and I also really loved the way in which like fashion and music could intersect yeah and so I found myself like pitching a lot of music stories I think the first story I ever wrote was about Mary J Blige's London Sessions album oh cool for Nylon yeah and then I wrote like a piece about D'Angelo's album 
Um, then I interviewed Odessa and just kind of like started. Yeah. A community. You know, getting stuff, more yeah. into writing about music, but uh-huh. at the same time, sorry, this is a very long story how I got to where no, I am, but, story. <laughs> um, so yeah. So then at the same time when I was writing about music, I was getting to know a lot of publicists through this, uh-huh. like music publicists. And previously, because I had been in fashion, like my idea of PR was just what fashion PR was, mm-hmm. which to me sounded like a nightmare, which was just like being a messenger essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I was not about that. And so I was like, whoa, like music PR is so different because you're not just pushing a product. Like, yes, an artist is a product to a certain right. extent. But you are also helping to like, you're working with another person Mm. to help them cultivate Mm. their brand and their story. And so, yeah, I started to like get to do these publicists and I was like, wow, like they're bringing the like interesting story to me as the writer. Mm. Yeah. And like, I think what they're doing is almost more fun. And so I was still in college. It was my final year and I decided to apply for an internship in music, um, and I got an internship in PR at Republic Records. Mm-hmm. And yeah, spent some spent a semester doing that. And then I was offered an internship. It was my last semester. I was offered an internship in the digital marketing department. So I moved over there. And then actually, I was offered a job straight out of college in the wow. digital marketing department. Oh, cool. Which was very yeah. lucky. <laughs> Amazing. Um, but at the same time, like, I had kind of been, I mean, with music, like, it's hard because like everyone was graduating and like I was actually talking to one of my previous interns the other day about this how like it's so difficult with the music industry because they literally do hire out like two weeks before they need Uh you it's not like when you're graduating and you're like becoming a banker and you like know that you have that gig for like months coming up so yeah like I had kind of been thinking like okay well if I don't get a job I might try and just like do some PR stuff like for friends Mm -hmm. on the side. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, I did get this job, but I also like really still wanted to like do PR Mm -hmm. because like I'd interned in PR at that time. I had a good understanding of how music PR worked. And I also had a lot of contacts because I had been interning at magazines. And at that point also freelance writing and getting paid for Mm -hmm. my work Mm -hmm. for a while. So I like knew editors and so, yeah, I, on the side, I started my job in, at Republic, mm-hmm. which was amazing and a lot of work. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I got to work with huge artists like Ariana Grande and Post mm-hmm. Malone. And it was an amazing learning experience. But at the same time, I was still really wanted to do, like, PR and, like, helping an artist build yeah, from, from the ground the up. Yeah. Like, that was what I was missing at Republic. Mm-hmm. And... I had a friend named Frankie Clark. Well, she still is my friend, <laughs> Frankie Clark. And she has a band called Frankie and the Studs. And she hired me to do mm. her PR, like, on the side. And I started doing that. And then from there, like, we were getting really good looks. We were in, like, nylon and galore. And we were actually Team Vogue, too. And, like, yeah, from there, like, she would recommend me to people. And then it kind of just mm-hmm. built to a point in which... I couldn't even really stay at Republic if I wanted to do this. Well, firstly, because it's right, right. loud. <laughs> and secondly, because I actually had too much work. So uh-huh. I kind of, I think I was 20, 
three, twenty-four at the time in which I left uh-huh. Republic. And um I also met the guy who I, I don't manage him anymore, but he's still a very good friend of mine. Um I managed a guy named Keon Palmer for a while and he worked at Republic with me. We were both assistants. Um, Yeah. And so we kind of left at the same time and I started managing Uh him Mm -hmm. and then also just left and started taking on more PR clients. And yeah, I kind of decided at the age, I think I must've been 20, 24 Uh or 23. I don't know. Anyway, whenever it was, I decided it was a good time to do it because Uh I was still on my parents' (laughs) health insurance. Yeah. Risk it all. (laughs) And I was like, I was like, okay, so I have a few <laughs> years before I have to figure out yeah. my own health insurance, which let me tell you, now I'm at the age where I do have to pay for it myself, and it's <laughs> hell. So <laughs> it's not fun. Not There's a true healthcare crisis in this country, but that's a different Preach. story. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and so kind of just decided to go out on my own. And obviously, it wasn't the easiest mm-hmm. thing in the world. Um, it took a few months. I had savings I had I thought about quitting for Mm -hmm. like probably like six months Mm -hmm. before I did it so I had a buffer but (laughs) yeah but and I'd like built up enough of a client base where like I could get by but I also do live in New York City where everything is so expensive so I (laughs) it was not the easiest I think that's so cool (laughs) that you kind of because in music um like we're both songwriters and it's it's really like clear that before you can like be professional and you can get paid to do stuff, you just network through friends and you're like, Hey, can I write for you? For you? Can I work for you? Whatever. And that's kind of the way you do that. Sure. But I feel like people often think that if you want to be um, in PR, you want to be more in the business side that like it has to be through internships and through more like formal pathways, which obviously were helpful for you, mm-hmm. but also just the kind of like, gumption to be like no I'm just gonna like go do th- I'm gonna like start yeah. a project with my friends and do that I think that's really cool for sure I think yeah I think you know I learned honestly I think that my magazine internships are probably mm. the most beneficial for me to like mm. be on the other side of the mm. email yeah, yeah, yeah. basically and like to learn what writers like by being uh-huh. by being a writer and mm. understanding like what I would like in a pitch it, I think that actually helped me more than, like, my PR internship mm. did. And I think that that's, like, something that makes me a little different than, like, a publicist that, like, has only ever yeah. worked at PR companies. And also the fact that I have actually never technically worked in <laughs> PR before I did this. Like, I kind of think I, I'm pretty, like, you know, as a publicist, like, it, especially these days where, like, the world of media is not just about like yeah. written content anymore. Like I count, I count like pitching mm-hmm. to podcasts even as like a part of my strategy. Same with like any sort of mm-hmm. like social media initiatives. And like, even I've even done some like brand collaborations mm-hmm. with artists. And I think that's what makes me a little different. Cause like, I'm willing to like go yeah, outside it's of the more norms of a 360 in yeah, order yeah. to like, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, PR mm-hmm. is public relations. So it yeah. really is like anything public facing yeah. for an act. Um, and so that's what I always try to bring. And I'm always like down to yeah. like think outside the box and like, yeah. I love that. So a lot of independent artists or new artists 
just starting off, you usually don't have any teams. And it's kind of hard to be an independent artist because you kind of have to take care of everything. So from your perspective, if you're an independent artist trying to manage and promote yourself, what are some like key things that you should be paying attention to? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think, you know, it kind of sucks in a way, but I think that social media is so powerful and having like a defined presence on Mm -hmm. social media and building up in that way, like Mm -hmm. that's actually a better way to create long lasting fans than like just getting on like Spotify playlists or whatever like Mm. Spotify playlists are great but like you're not gonna sell I mean obviously shows are kind of obsolete at the moment (laughs) but like in (laughs) in normal times like you're not gonna sell tickets to shows just by being on a playlist because if you're listening to a playlist you're like I mean whatever like I add a song to my playlist but Mm. I don't know anything about the person yeah Yeah. and so I think having like a strong social presence where like if someone looks you up they're like, oh, damn, this person's, like, really cool. Yeah. And, like, I'm going to follow along with their journey. That's so interesting because we've actually had this, Anique, you're probably thinking this. Yeah. Yeah, we've had this, we've had this conversation with some of our friends who are, like, independent artists. Just kind of the idea of how long, if if you heard a song from someone on Spotify that you liked, how, like, how many times would you have had to hear it or, like, how many different songs would you have to hear of them for yeah. you to follow them on Instagram? Like to yeah. go like look them up. And or even like, on Spotify. Or follow them on Spotify. And we've asked yeah. like people like our like friends who like aren't musicians and they're usually like, oh, like I just wouldn't, like I wouldn't think to do that. And I feel like we yeah. think to do that. Like I usually will follow people because like as a musician, I know like, oh, I want to like know who this person is. But like outside of that it like doesn't cross people's minds so like how many times does the circle have to come around for you for sure for sure and I also think that's when PR comes into play because you know you I always say especially when I'm working with a newer act Mm -hmm. like we basically want to fill your google pages yeah like you want it so like it sounds boring and I think especially like I don't necessarily always work on debut singles with people Mm -hmm. because I also do think there's value in as an independent brand new artist like hustling yourself and like realizing how difficult it is before you get a team I think it's just like good practice to know like what your team does character building building, exactly exactly. like you you need as an artist you need to get to the point where you're like damn I like cannot do this like Mm -hmm. please help me and (laughs) I think that then um yeah, like, especially with a newer artist, like, you really do want to, like, have interesting articles about yourself mm-hmm. out there. And yeah. I always say that it's not about song reviews anymore. Like, I don't even know how much a song review really matters. Mm-hmm. Like, I like to put a lot of more focus on, like, I don't care about premieres. I think premieres are useless. <laughs> and I try to tell every client this, but of course, like, whatever, clients still want that's Uh fine yeah I -hmm. think about sometimes like and this applies to like when you're trying if you're pitching somebody to someone or you're trying to like do an application for something like get the whoever you're whoever you're trying to like impact their decision get them as as close to the decision you want them to have as possible exactly so like if you have a lot of like articles about you and stuff like really really readily available like you want to minimize the steps that that person has to take to find things exactly yeah Yeah. exactly 
you obviously worked at Republic Records and then mm-hmm. you left to build your own business. So what were some of the main like useful takeaways that you then could implement into your new business? Yeah, I mean, obviously I, you know, networked a lot at Republic and mm-hmm. even honestly, just like, like as an assistant, you do so much work at a major label <laughs> and you also get to know a lot of other assistants and, mm-hmm. you know, there we had a very tight friend group there and like for example yeah I met Keon there and I started Mm -hmm. helping him with his project and then like my friend Wallace was there she's now she also left and is now a manager and yeah I mean it definitely helped me in terms of like even now someone reached out to me the other day and they were like I don't know if you remember me from Republic but like I now am working on these projects like I heard that you do PR like would you be interested in doing it like Honestly, just getting yourself out there and, like, meeting people as, like, Mm -hmm. a young, hungry person in the music (laughs) business, like, I think is really beneficial. I mean, I also learned a lot about, you know, the strategy that goes behind Mm -hmm. marketing an artist um, Mm -hmm. and marketing huge artists. Like, obviously, I don't do the same work that, like, they did at Republic for, you know, people like The Weeknd. Like, I'm not going to be working with artists that are, you know, spending millions of dollars on billboards and stuff. But (laughs) it's, you know, just to, like, know about all of that stuff, I think is really helpful. And, like, we would have weekly marketing meetings and I would learn about, like, every facet of of what goes into marketing an artist from, like, you know, radio, which, like, I don't do radio, but, like, I think it's just Mm -hmm. good to know. Yeah. And, yeah. Lots of things under your tool belt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tool for belt. sure. They even like working in digital marketing, even though I kind of started it knowing that it wasn't necessarily what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I think that mm-hmm. the skills that I learned through doing that, like I did a lot of social media management for artists at Republic yeah. and it would just be mm-hmm. like Facebook stuff and like their bands in town and whatever. And like at the time, musically was really big, the like pre yeah, yeah, yeah. So we would like, <laughs> we would like do stuff with that. And even just having that knowledge of, like, the way social media works and, like, social analytics and stuff, mm-hmm. I think is a really useful skill that I've taken For sure. into what I do now. Definitely. Yeah. Like, social media is a lot harder than everyone thinks it is. Exactly. It's really hard to grow your fan base. And it can happen so randomly, too. Like, mm-hmm. it, there's no real, like, there's no one way to really make it work. Like, again, I think having a defined brand and, like, having a defined mm-hmm. vision and making it look pretty to a certain extent and then like for Instagram for Twitter just be you like I love Twitter (laughs) I'm always on Twitter if you're funny if you're funny as hell like I'll follow you I don't care if you're an artist or what you do like (laughs) just like be you um freaking Yara Shahidi liked our tweet the other day and we like literally lost our minds oh my god <laughs> that's really that's, that's really random podcast but we're not we're not really even active on twitter we need to get on yeah there. i love twitter sasha doesn't really use tw- oh. sasha doesn't really use twitter but i think it is hilarious i laugh every single day <laughs> yeah i love twitter so much <laughs> So moving forward with your company, what are your goals? God, I mean. Five-year plan. It's been a really hard year. Oh, I mean, for real. it's, you know, if you'd asked me in January of this year, it would have been different mm. at this point. 
It's very hard to say. I mean, this year's taught us that, like, you literally cannot plan ahead, yeah. which has been something that's been yeah. very difficult for Living me. The moment. Because I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm a super type A person who loves to have a plan, and my plans have gone out the window. Oh, so, you know, at this point, I'm kind of just, like, obviously, I want to continue to do PR. I want to continue mm-hmm. to build up with new artists like I love working with artists on a long-term basis mm-hmm. I think it's the most rewarding part I, because like you actually get to watch them grow yeah. and like do more and more exciting things with them um so yeah I think in terms of my long-term goals my god I don't know like mm-hmm. keep doing what I'm doing and also just keep trying to find like new forms of media mm-hmm. and that's I mean that's fun to me like this year I have been focusing a lot on like looking more into podcasts because like I Woo! love pot I know I love pod- I love podcasts I listen to podcasts and mm-hmm. I always try to think about how I consume media because mm-hmm. like I'm 26 mm-hmm. I'm young like I usually am people's like target audience yeah. so like the people yeah. I'm working with so I'm always trying to think like what like how would I find new artists like how would I mm-hmm. be like learning about something new and I think especially with podcasts versus like traditional media people when people subscribe to a podcast they listen to every episode they don't yeah like Mm. skip over episodes because they're usually there because they like the host and they trust the host judgment and on like who they're gonna have on and I think that's different than like magazines because nowadays because you're not getting like physical magazines which yes I would read back to front or front to back, <laughs> not back to front. Um, like, you don't do that with an online magazine. Like, you yeah, pick and choose. That's true. You pick and choose what you're gonna go to. So, I think, in terms of getting yourself, getting an artist to a new audience, I think things like podcasts or getting like social media support can be a lot more beneficial because people can't like skip over it. Yeah, that's so true. With with things that are like digital magazines or social media, the scrolling aspect, I feel like, I mean, on just like a personal level outside of any business thing, I feel like it's terrible for my brain. But mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but what I love about podcasts is that you're right. Like you're going to listen to every episode, hopefully. Y'all better be listening to every episode. But um, <laughs> and at least you're going to listen like through and so you're gonna hear like everything they have to say and it's more long form and there's not a lot of like long form things out there that people really go to anymore but it is true that when you're just if I'm just looking for an article from like a Vogue article or Rolling Stone thing I'm gonna go exactly to that thing and I don't have a lot of like allegiance to the to the whole like magazine or journal or whatever exactly. it is itself. and it's it's different than like back in the day when let's say like when nylon had like a physical magazine mm-hmm. and I would get sent it every month and I would read the entire thing but I don't now go to the nylon website and mm-hmm. read every single article that they put out I mean I don't have the time and there's another thing about podcasts where like you can listen and do other things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And still, like, absorb the media, which, like, maybe, like, isn't great for all of us to be, like, constantly, like, absorbing media from, like, left, right, and center. But, like, I don't know. I think there is something to be said about the value in that, especially, like, yeah, as an artist, putting Mm -hmm. yourself out there trying to promote yourself. can hack the fact that um, Gen Z and millennials have no attention span and have to be double-tasking at every moment of their day. 
A hundred percent. And it's, it's the same with social media. You're scrolling and yeah, like it's sad. Some of it's going to some of it's going to like go into your brain. It's so true. I don't know. I mean, now that you say that, I didn't even realize that I I always do other things when I'm listening to podcasts, but I love like working out and listening to podcasts. Just, yeah, like, same. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Anytime I'm on a walk. Yeah. Listen to a podcast. Any, mm-hmm. I mean, back in the day when I would take the train, which I have nowhere to go these days, but listen to podcasts. I'm on a plane. I'm listening to a podcast. I'm cleaning my apartment. Yeah. I'm listening to a podcast. Like, I'm always listening to, I mean, also, this is just me. I just, like, love podcasts. <laughs> and I also think, especially this year, when you've, like, everyone's, like, been kind of lonely. Uh-huh. There's something uh-huh. really comforting about. about a conversation. About, hearing people's yeah. voices. Like, you're like, oh, my God, my friends yeah, are talking to me. <laughs> it's so funny because I was just going to say, before you said that, but this really relates, that something kind of weird I've noticed about myself is that I will listen to, like, a certain episode of a podcast several times which i don't know if yeah like i'll list i'll be like oh i really like one of the podcasts i like is happy sad confused and it's this Mm. guy who i think he like does like comic-con conventions and stuff but he interviews like actors mostly and Mm -hmm. i'll just like the interviews of the actors that i like i'll listen to like over and over again just because it's so comforting like as I like the host and then I'll be like oh I just like hearing their voice and I'm not even like paying attention at this point to what they're saying oh yeah (laughs) for sure for sure I do that too I love it I just want to feel like exactly like my friends are just talking to me which is so funny it's kind of sad and lonely but like (laughs) I think especially this year there's been a lot of value in that to like not feel like you're going insane to hear some someone else's voice yeah it's so funny (laughs) Like, it's almost like they're here with me now. Exactly. Just sitting in my room. There's, like, a meme about that where it's, like, <laughs> it's, like, it's like someone laughing and, like, a poster of people. And it's, like, me, like, listening <laughs> to my favorite podcast. <laughs> it's, like, a podcast meme account. So you were um, born in London and raised in New York. So yes. how do you kind of approach making... Tallulah be like international do you think about that do you think about like oh getting clients from other countries I mean I definitely do and I definitely have had clients from other countries Mm -hmm. I mean I would say that most of my work is based in the U.S. because I'm based in the U.S. and obviously like I grew up in London until I was 11 I still have roots there I'm actually going to London next week not next week actually I'm going on Sunday I'm currently isolating um I'm actually really nervous. Haven't flown yet, but it's gonna um, be good. my mom lives there. Yeah, my mom lives there. My dad's currently there. My brother lives there. Like my whole family, whole family lives there. I'm just out here <laughs> in the New York. It's another the cool pioneer. city. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so two cool cities. Um, Can't go wrong. Yeah, so I mean, I definitely again because everything is online. I think you know. I think back in the day, like teams and I've still worked on projects where like they'll have a publicist Mm. based in the UK Mm. they'll have a publicist based in Australia but I kind of can do it all because like I think a lot of publications like aren't limited to just like artists in their country like Mm -hmm. it's kind of a global thing so I don't even necessarily always look into like where a writer is Mm -hmm. based or whatever like especially now that like I'm not inviting people to shows or anything like Mm -hmm. it's 
you know, if I've seen them write about an artist that's similar to an act I'm pushing, then yeah, I'll yeah. reach out. It doesn't matter if the also like you want to have a worldwide fan base, Hell so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> may as well, may as well get you like popping yeah. up and I don't know wherever exactly. South Africa. Who knows? Exactly. Like, we have um when we've looked at our like stats for this podcast we have like a few listeners like in australia and like in like sweden we're always like oh my gosh like i've never even been there that's crazy (laughs) yeah and i i I have worked with like i think you know in the music industry i think people still want to like make it in america right um i mean we're it's a huge it's a huge country so it does make sense but I like I've worked with an artist from South Africa before. I've worked with an artist in Sweden. Mm-hmm. Um, today I have a release from someone who's originally from Ukraine, but Exciting. lived in Australia for most of her life and now is in LA. Happy release day! But <laughs> no, her name is Natalia Nikotenko. It's her first single. Happy first single, Natalia. Natalia. <laughs> um, I like even with acts like that. Like obviously, I reach out to like press from their home country, but yeah, also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, again, I just don't think it matters. Like, I, it's, it's a global thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, obviously, the internet makes it just—it's not even a thing anymore. I mean, like we. Exactly. Yeah. Fingers. It's exactly. It's been so nice. I mean, because typically, I guess people with podcasts would like have a studio and you'd bring people in and stuff, which obviously, I kind of like. Oh, I wish we had that because that would be like just a great experience like on our part to just be able to like have conversations yeah. in, in person but also since we started this podcast in April so during quarantine we've like had guests from New Zealand and like from everywhere and it's not even a thing except New Zealand actually we did almost get the time difference wrong and have to stay up to like four in the morning to do the interview and yeah that's I, I mean that's the only yeah yeah part, yeah time difference if you're recording podcasts that's I really anything Nick and I was like yeah. um so like this artist like her name is Navy and she's super cool so everyone go check out Navy but she was like oh yeah I can do it this time and I was like is that four in the morning and then I was like Anik would you be down to do this at four in the morning and she was like yeah whatever whatever I'll do whatever for the podcast and we're like yeah who cares we'll do it for <laughs> the morning we did we actually my math was wrong it was more like five o'clock at night so <laughs> it was fine god god <laughs> So you currently have an intern at Tallulah, Mm -hmm. and a lot of the time your employees or the people that you work with are an extension of you and your brand. Mm -hmm. So how do you go about hiring people to work with you and represent everything that you're doing? Yeah, what do you like look for in a collaborator? Yeah, for sure. Um, So in terms of, I've had some fantastic, actually pretty much all my interns I've ever had (laughs) have been fantastic. I really love working with other women same hell yeah yeah I worked you know I worked at Republic it's a super male environment Mm. um and I've always just really loved championing championing women in music Mm -hmm. which is also something I bring to a lot of my artists which I think Mm -hmm. probably majority I work with female artists I think let's go um yeah, I just it. love to see. It. I mean, again, with like even with artists, like I'm just looking for like mm-hmm. when I'm looking to take on a new artist, I'm looking for connection with that artist, and it's yeah easier to connect with another young woman um, mm-hmm. as a young woman. Um, and so it's kind of the same for when I'm going about finding an intern, and they don't necessarily have to have had like a ton of experience if they have the interest in PR and they mm-hmm. 
you know, seem smart <laughs> and seem interested mm-hmm. in what we're doing, yeah. then yeah, I'll yeah. hire you. Um, I always say like, I always interview a bunch of people and I always just go with like my gut instinct of like who I have the best conversation with and like mm-hmm. the best vibe with. Um, and again, I've had amazing interns. I always say to my interns, like they become my best friends. So like, sorry Aww. to them, but <laughs> <laughs> no, genuinely, like I have two really close friends who have been my interns. I also hired interns at Republic. So like I, mm-hmm. it wasn't like completely random when Boring. I started my business and like needed uh-huh. to like hire an intern. And also like I, because I was an intern not that long ago, because again, I am still somewhat young. Um, I know, I like know what's, what interns like, what can be valuable to an intern yeah. rather than just like, I never want someone doing my bitch work. Like, yeah. I never want someone being my assistant. Like, I want to yeah. give you, I try to like give a variety of tasks mm-hmm. to them so that they can like actually get to know like, different facets of what I do like it should be a learning experience for people Mm -hmm. and like again Mm -hmm. I interned a lot I interned every semester of college (laughs) I had some amazing internships (laughs) I have I was working for free like no other like truly it was dog walking on the side (laughs) the whole concept of interning as much as is, is it is valuable like to have work experience it's such a weird thing that it's like expected that people will just work all the time without like getting paid because then I've, I've thought sure. about like there's such an inequality there because some people cannot do oh, that yeah. like oh, you have sure. to have a job I don't know I just think it's interesting maybe that's the topic for yeah. a different podcast but no for <laughs> sure I mean and that's why like if I'm gonna have an intern I need it to be something where they're gonna learn yeah. because like I don't like I don't want someone working for free like, I, I mean, I give college credit. If I could pay, I 100% would, mm-hmm. but it's tough times out here, yeah, especially in the year 2020. <laughs> <laughs> could barely pay myself, so. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Like, if I could pay, I 100% would, but, like, it. Yeah. yeah, I, like, always make sure they can get college credit. Like, I definitely have people reach out to me that are, like, I just graduated. I would still love to intern, like, for free. I'm, like, I, I just, like, morally yeah. don't think I can allow that. And... Yeah, it's just, it has to be, like, a learning experience for them. Otherwise, it's just not fair. (laughs) And, like, yes, of course, an intern also helps me out. Like, of Mm -hmm. course. But, like, it should be about their experience more than my experience. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Interesting stuff today on the pod. So our last question for you is you were mentioning kind of how you think about designing like campaigns and promotion for artists kind of outside the box, like a whole like 360 look at that. So what's a um, kind of campaign or strategy that you've had that you're really proud of in your time um, building Tallulah? I have two. Okay. Awesome. Probably my standout ones. I worked with Phineas. um, No way. From, um, I think his second single and I worked with him for about a year and a half he's now um works with a very good friend of mine who does Billy's PR oh, um cool. mm-hmm. so which made a lot more sense honestly it was like no love lost mm-hmm. but that was a really rewarding mm-hmm. experience and a really fun experience because we really got to grow together and like mm-hmm. started off mm-hmm. 
you know, started off with like smaller blog looks. And then by the end, like my final, um, like my final like two months with him, we got to do things like NME and MTV. And like, mm-hmm. it was really, really fun. Also, he's just like a very lovely, charming person. <laughs> and I love his team. And it was a great experience to work with him and like mm-hmm. really watch him grow and like get these newer opportunities um Mm -hmm. and like also the bigger he got like the more you could experiment with like what we were pitching like we did a lot of like also because he was producing and writing with Billy like we got to do a lot of like song breakdowns with people that are really fun and Mm -hmm. I love Phineas's mm -hmm. song breakdowns yeah yeah and so that was like a really great experience and then also I mean one project I'm really proud of and that I have been loving working on has been with Sizzy Rocket cool um Mm -hmm. and I've been working with her for the last year and it's she's like up for anything and that I always look for that in an artist too like don't shut yourself off to opportunities and like yeah like she's always down to like try out new things like she's been on podcasts this year like we've just done a lot of really cool stuff she was on the cover of a magazine she's done like she did a piece with the magazine that was like the songs of her life that like made her life like there's uh-huh. just mm-hmm. she did a track by track breakdown with paper around her album pop yeah, off like, rocket yeah Let's like go. it's just and that's another one where it's really fun to see it like grow and grow mm-hmm. and grow yeah, so I guess those are probably my two proudest yeah. ones. Yeah, I love that. Thank you so yeah. much for talking to us and sharing your incredible wisdom. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's been Thank so fun. You. Thank you so much. We're so excited to watch you become the baddest PR person in the biz. Thank you. I hope so. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Thank you for listening to that, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. That was a really cool episode. I love talking to business people. Me too. I feel like especially because you have to wear so many hats as an artist or even as a songwriter and anyone in a creative field really Uh to have the perspective from one of the hats you have to wear as like a whole career is, you know, she actually does it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) So hearing what she has to say is so helpful. We're all out here like pretending to be publicists. but Ava really knows what she's doing. And obviously, I love talking to the artistic, creative folk. But I forgot, I forget who said this, but someone said that kind of being a a, a a person in music, having a music career as your actual job kind of takes just as much of a business brain as it does a creative brain. And I think, that's, I think that's really true. It's like just as much of a business brain, if not more. Because you write your song and then everything else after that is business. It falls on you <laughs> if you don't have a team. If, it, if you don't have a team, it's all you, buddy. It's all you, girl. But you got this. And hopefully this episode with Ava provided you with some insight and tools moving forward. Yes, I hope so. And thank you guys so much for tuning in. We will see you next week. Thank Mwah. you. Mwah. <laughs>